Welcome to He Said, She Said Razor Branding Podcast with Michael Russo and Jackie Russo. To learn more about how to improve your brand, visit brandrusso.com. Welcome to a very special episode of Razor Branding Stop He Said, it. She Said Podcast. <laughs> That's ridiculous. Joining Michael and Jackie today are Michael and Jackie. Our guest had to cancel. We'll reschedule technically. So we thought it would be a great opportunity to chat with each other, which could be one of the greatest episodes of all time or a complete and total shit show. We have no idea which way it's going to go. Stay tuned. We're going to find out. Welcome to He Said, She Said, Razor Branding Podcast with Michael and Jackie Russo. Hey, Michael, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me, Jackie. <laughs> no, now you're supposed to welcome me to the show. That's right. Welcome, Jackie. Thank you. See, now I feel welcomed and as if my presence is delightful. I, f- I feel utterless. We have no direction. We're just oh, sailing so on a path. This is going to be so not our best episode ever. I mean, we've had these great guests, right? Week after week after week. I'm astonished that, well, first of all, that people agree to do the show. I'm always amazed by that. But the quality, the caliber of guest, and now I feel like for any regular listeners, and there are a few, this is going to be a huge letdown. It's like, oh, it's just them? I like the guests. Yeah, the listeners, as you said. Did I I say listeners? Yeah. Listeners. Um, so we, um, had some suggestions on things we could talk about. If this was live, I would do a poll right now and people could tell us, Ooh, I want to hear about work-life balance. I want to hear about building your work tribe. I want to hear about a day in the life, two departments, one company. I want to hear about managing hybrid workspace. I want to hear about what it's like to try to kind of harness all the growth you're going through. But since no one's here to give us any direction, we're just going to talk about all those things. And it makes it sound like you just came up with those on the cuff, but I know you're reading a list that was given to us ahead of time. I did. I really was reading a list in an email. I know. It was good. Christina gave us some great topics. And I think we can probably touch on all of them um, because we've been in the middle of a lot of that recently. Um, I think, you know, we have been actually for probably for the past five years, but I think we're finally kind of hitting our stride as far as figuring some of this stuff out and then realizing we know nothing as well at the same time. 100% both things. Yes. We figured out a lot and we still know nothing. Yeah, because I mean, it's just changed so much. You know, I was just, we we're just talking. I was cleaning out a closet in my office and going through all this stuff and looking at the way we used to do things. And and even really in the past few years, it's just the world keeps changing. Technology keeps changing. People keep changing. Our hiring processes, finding talent. And, you know, with most of our clients, they're all going through the same things. Um, you know, it, yes, we're doing the branding and the marketing, but when we dig deep and look inside of what's going on, they're all facing the same challenges. Absolutely. You know, it's funny, literally, as Michael and I were getting on this podcast, he's cleaning out the closet. He pulls out a printed calendar, spiral bound 12 month calendar that we made in 2008. So that was multiple generations of team ago. I mean, you think about the people who worked here in 2008. I mean, they have full grown live adult children now. That's so weird. And uh, so we're looking at these pictures of former coworkers, some still current coworkers, some still great friends. And it was this nice little walk back in time. I think about where we were in 2008. Uh, we had bought the building three years before, which was a stretch. I, I don't know what anybody was thinking, loaning us money to buy a building in the middle of downtown Lafayette. We 
could not afford it. It's worked out fine, obviously, but you know, we were, we pushed our limits that time. I looked at the amount of people we had on staff. We were pushing our limits, uh, but that's how we've grown. Every step we've taken has been when we set our mind on a goal in the future and pushed our limits to be able to reach that goal. And I mean, my gosh, the number of missteps and mistakes and screw ups along the way are a plenty, but we keep moving forward. I feel like we're heading in the right direction. Yeah. And I mean, I, you know, I think going back when we, when we decided to kind of jump on this journey, we were doing work-life balance before it was cool, you know? I mean, because that's what we wanted. I mean, that that's the whole, you know, we were young, we were just starting a family, um, you know, we were, we were having kids and all that. And we wanted to, you know, not live the lives that we lived previously in Los Angeles and Seattle and, you know, moving back to Louisiana, it was like, let's, let's do it the way we want to do it. We want to be home at five. We want to not work on weekends. We want to have a life, you know? And even though we did work all the time and we did work pretty much we have been working for the past 20 years nonstop, but um, to have our team be able to have that flexibility, you know, and, uh, and, and the past couple of years, as we've all moved to people working from home, having, um, you know, flexibility in their schedules, that really wasn't a big jump for us, I think, because um, not, not, not on my part, on yours mainly, but, um, but it, it's flowed into our system pretty easily. I think we didn't have a lot of bumps in the road when it comes to that. Do you, I don't know if you agree with that or not, but that's what I think. Well, I 100 percent agree. I think that uh, I always make the joke when people say, you know, why did you start a company? And I, depending on the audience and how long it looks like I'll get their attention, I can give them various versions of the answer. But in every answer, it always um, somehow works its way around to I was working a lot. And so I needed flexibility as I'm having kids and that eight to five life wasn't really right for me. So I decided to be an entrepreneur so I could work 24 seven. But but it's yeah. true. Um, we we did arrange our work um, life to have more flexibility, which has been great for uh, people who are raising kids. And a lot of that flexibility was really tested um, or I just proven to be good when COVID happened. Um, and now that we're adjusting to this four day work week, uh, three month trial. I think that we're going to see again that as long as we hire adults and train them properly, we get the best of both worlds. We get amazing quality product for our clients and people who get to enjoy their lives outside of this building. And it's that nice balance of the two. Yeah. For our listeners at home, um, we are um, referencing a new thing that we're trying here at the agency, which is a four-day work week, um, which is um, kind of been buzzing around the country and different businesses and different agencies alike. And um Jackie has decided to implement that here. We, we decided. Yes, we, yes, we decided that. Um, I am, I am not quite on board with it all yet. Um, I, obviously it's great. I mean, having the idea of having, you know, four day work week, having three day weekend, that's great. I mean, focus my time earlier on in the week, make sure that I'm getting my work done. That is a great idea in, um, in principle, but, um, or in, in theory, but, you know, we're trying to get out and we're hoping that it, it works out. We want to make sure that, um, cause basically you're losing eight hours on a Friday. Right. And where does that time come in? So that's on every individual to make sure that they're the most productive in the time they have. And if they need to put an extra time, they're finding ways to do that, which is kind of what we did, you know, growing up with this whole thing, which was, you know, if I don't get my, if I'm taking off at three to go to my kid's baseball game, um, I'm going to put them to bed and I'm going to go back to work from eight to 10 or 11 or two in the morning to get my work done so I can have that free time off. 
Okay, I feel the need to have two little asterisks right there. The fine print at the bottom is number one, no one goes back to work until 2 a.m. except Michael, who's a total night owl. And two, I don't think anybody was really giving a solid eight hours on a Friday either. So what the idea is, we're open eight to five, Monday through Thursday. Sure. There may be some people who do a little bit here and there from home or come in the office a little earlier, a little later, but the science shows over and over again that when you can be effective with your time and really be more efficient and um, a little more uh, focused, then you don't need that fifth day. And we're about to find out if that's true or not. Yeah. No, I mean, everybody seems to be receptive to it. Um, you know, and also the, 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 not the fear of it all is, you know, again, what is client perception? I mean, what are they thinking? Are they, are they not working as hard or, um, what, you know, what if I need them on Friday, that kind of thing. Um, and we've been really clear about communicating that with everyone. And I think that it's going to be fine, but again, it is, it is an adjustment, you know, and it is something that you have to take into consideration. It is. And last week was the first week we tested it out, but it was Good Friday, so that didn't really count. So this will be the first week we test it when the whole uh, world isn't off on Friday. We'll see how it affects everyone. The interesting thing, I think, is we've always had this really flexible schedule, um, unlimited paid time off total flex schedule. You want to work from home. You want to go on vacation. You want to work from California, whatever you need to do. As long as the work is done, that's what matters. Okay. Well, what we've discovered is people don't take as much time off in that scenario as when I say you have six weeks of paid vacation. Nobody's taking off weeks and weeks and weeks of time. I mean, this is 22 and a half years of observation. I can tell you beyond the shadow of a doubt People at the most seem to take two weeks. Maybe a few have pushed it to three. No one's done four or five or six. No one. Even people who've been here 10, 12, 15 years, which they would be entitled to those weeks at another company. And so Unless now- you have a baby. Unless you have a baby. Well, but I think we're 0 for 12 on- pe- No, 1 for 12 on people having babies and coming back and staying any length of time. Um, myself not included. I don't count. So. But Michael's right. They go on maternity leave for a few months and then they don't come back. They stay home with the baby or they go work somewhere else. It's it just I don't know. It hasn't worked out. But so now the 52 Fridays that they're going to take off every year, I feel like it's going to be better for their mental health, for their family time. Um, And so they'll come back on Mondays more energized, more recharged, more focused and ready to get shit done. And I just think it's going to be better. So we'll see. I could be wrong. It's happened once before. Yeah. Well, I mean, oh, it, no, it, wait, I was wrong. It hadn't happened before. <laughs> I don't think we both know that not to be true, but we won't talk about that. Um, no, I, I think it's, 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 it's part of the whole deal. You know, uh, again, like you said, being, being flexible and, and the hard part I think we found is I think everybody's struggling right now is, is finding talent, finding people that, that buy into your culture and do things the way you want to do them. And, and, and they also contribute to that culture and make it better, you know? Um, it, it, it's a little bit of a struggle right now. We're, we're, you know, been looking for designers and, um, found a lot of recently writers, which is great. So it's just, you know, there's a constant need to bring in people and, and to re-energize the, the, the troops and make sure we're having, you know, people that, um, that live the culture that we, that we put in place. You know, some people don't like that. They need more structure. They need a time clock. They need constant supervision or attaboys or, or whatever it may be, you know? 
And um, we, we kind of run a self-sufficient shop, I think, you know, it's where we want people to, to you know, we're going to provide feedback and everything, but at the same time, have some ownership and their own career path as well. Absolutely. You know, you, you mentioned a couple of times looking for people, bringing in people. I want to put a little asterisk by those. It's the certain kind of people that really fit in every culture as we've really built out who our company is and what we're about. That's becoming more and more defined and clear to me. And so we've said, you know, forever in our um, mission statement, in our uh, foundation documents, that the people who are successful here are happy, humble, and hungry. And I've never believed that to be more true than in our recent need of uh, recruiting. We can almost immediately now tell if somebody's going to be a good fit with us or not. And so I like the team we've got right now. Um, everybody really falls under that uh, parameter. Everybody is so quick to help everyone else. There's not a lot of ego in this building, present company excluded. Uh, and so I think now the talent that's here, they're not just people. They're our people. They're the right people. And that, I think, is going to go a long way to uh, our retention and continued recruitment. Exactly. And that's and, you know, and we're at a point now where, we're, you know, it's really hard, especially when you have. Again, a lot of businesses we work with have the same problems. You have certain um, leadership talent that is also working, like working partners or they're involved in the trenches every day. And as time goes on, they try to remove themselves from that equation. And um, it's hard. It's hard to do that. It's hard to replicate yourself. And how do you make yourself, you know, grow within that system when you can't be everywhere at once? Absolutely. And the thing that I think is really interesting is when we look at the constant shifting of our industry, it, there's no set it and forget it. So we have to not only find people who are happy, humble, and hungry, uh, but who are willing to be professionally developed over time, who are continuing to grow. And so I think that's another thing that we've done to really up the level of our team beyond this focus on work-life balance is our focus on professional development. How do we continue to provide ongoing new knowledge for everyone in their own area and then collectively as a team. And I think we've done a great job of that by hiring Melissa Bowen uh, to be our coach and to work with us and the team in a group setting on a regular basis and then individually on a regular basis. No, I, I agree. And I mean, it's, it's just so, I mean, like I said, we were cleaning out earlier and, and looking at some of the past things that we've done and how we used to do them. And, um, it's just moving so fast right now. And one of our clients is famous for saying they're experts are becoming experts. And I, and I love that phrase. And it's kind of, we're very similar in every project we take on, you know, we, we talk about being industry agnostic to where, you know, our branding process works with any industry. Um, and it's proven to be the case. Um, we've taken on so many different things in the past year alone that we've never even heard of and that we have to go learn about and, and, and figure out. And through that research, we become experts on that topic from a marketing standpoint and get to know their audience and get to know how they do things. But that entire process in itself has been modernized and transformed as, as, as our media landscape continues to change. But so what do you attribute that to Michael? I mean, anybody could have a process, anybody could learn to be an expert. Anybody could continue to adapt and change. What do you think has set us apart and made it different for us than for other people? Oh man, you just, open the powder keg on that one. I mean, yeah. I mean, nowadays pretty much you need a laptop and a how-to book and you can call yourself an agency. I mean, that's the thing. I mean, and it's nothing against that. I mean, I think there's plenty of room for work and I applaud people that, that, that are, that are um, aggressive enough to go, go take their shot at that. But at the same time, 
like you said, we're very transparent about our process and what we do and how we do it. Um, you can basically go read our book, just on sale at Amazon, um, called He Said She Said Branding. Um, and it gives our our entire our entire process that we follow really every time. It is our template for how we get the answers and how we provide solutions for our clients. Thing is, if you follow that and you don't have the talent behind it and the training behind it to know what to look for to and eventually to come up with the resolutions, then it's it's just going to be words on a page, you know. And that's what you have to be careful of, I think, in today's world um, is making sure that you know the people that you are working with are have the experience and 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 the proven record of of, of producing the type of work that they say they're going to produce. Exactly right. That is exactly right. Um, I think that when we look around at the culture that we're building here, it, it is different. It's not like every other place. And you have to be. I think the agencies or the any organization that blends in, that follows the industry standard, that does what everybody else in the industry does, they are going to blend into the point of being unseen. And when you can be different and stand out, that's what gets you noticed. And that's what gets people paying attention to you. So you're saying you should change the conversation. I am. Thank you, Michael. I appreciate that nice little lead in right there. That's exactly correct. Um, you know, one of the other things that was suggested to us as a topic was um, a day in the life. And so talking about, you know, two departments, one company, I think it's important. And I think it does um, really, it's it's a common challenge. Uh, we talk all the time to our clients who are siloed. And the challenges of the silo, your sales doesn't know what marketing is doing. Marketing doesn't know what PR is doing. PR doesn't know what uh, customer service is doing. So, Michael, what do you tell people uh, to help overcome that, to make two departments or multiple departments into one company? What What do you find works well for us here? That would be a question I should ask you, but because um, I don't <laughs> really know the answer. But um, I, I mean, what's worked for us, I think, I mean, it's, it's so easy to fall back on communication, right? I mean, mm -hmm. you have to communicate and you have to share and you have to be open to those those things. Um, and it's not always easy to do. But, you know, like I said, I, I don't know what else what else there is to that. I mean, we particularly have have kept you and I kind of separate in a lot of ways. You know, we have strategy, we have creative. Um, and early on, we realized that, you know, you can't have one without the other. And it, it's kind of been the, the cornerstone of everything that we do, um, making sure that it's not just a pretty picture, that it actually says something. If we're communicating something, sometimes you... Sometimes you have to, creative has to, I hate to say it, has to take a back seat to strategy because sometimes you have to do what you're supposed to do. It doesn't mean you can't do it creatively, but you have a mission and the mission has to be attacked first. You know, you can't, you can't subdue that just because you want to order this special paper from, you know, the Himalayas that's hand woven by monks, you know, I mean, that's a cool paper, but you know, it is it worth paying for that is it worth putting the time into that resource versus what's on the paper that's my best right. analogy right no and i think you're right though you summed that up it's communication and so when i look at the tools of communication that we use you know we're still a small enough office um so we can literally run into each other in the kitchen we can stop and chat at a chair but i think that the tools that we use for communication have really been valuable so whether it's base camp uh, in terms of communicating about projects, but we've had to be intentional with our communication now more than ever before because of how spread out people are. We have employees in various parts of the state, in the country. Uh, we have an employee in I Italy. And so the managing communication across time zones and continents 
I think is very important. Um, and I think we've done well with that. So kudos to you and your team for being able to continue to find ways to communicate better so that the work gets better every time. Well, I think what, what helped with that, though, was really the, the past few years of, um, you know, our our client geography has grown, too. I mean, we're dealing with companies all over the country and some of them are global um, London calls, managing time zones, things like that. I mean, that, that is again, either, either by, by, um, by will or by necessity, we've had to adjust to those things, you know, um, and, and modify our, our, our process. And I think that's, you know, over the past 20 plus years, we've done a good job at is constantly reinventing ourselves while also staying true to our core principles. And I think that's important. You know, you have a brand promise, you, you buy into that and you believe in it, you, that guides your decisions, but you can't remain rigid on the tactics and processes you use because, you know, if you're not evolving, you will get passed up. You will eventually realize that, that it's not working anymore. And if, if you take too long, then it could be too late. Right. No, absolutely. Right. Um, I think that, it all comes together though, right? This work-life balance, this hybrid culture, this work from home opportunity, the unlimited um, vacation time, the communication with the team, all of these little building blocks are what starts to paint a picture of us that's different from other places and that makes us us. And um, what I have realized and, and really, I think, had to spend a lot of time coming to terms with is that it's okay that it's not the right fit for everybody. It's okay that not every client's a good fit. It's okay that not every employee is a good fit. It's okay that not every industry is something fun we want to work in. And so when I stop trying to be the thing for everybody and become the thing for my body um, and my people, that's when I think it really gets good. And that's what I think we've done very well in the past few years. True. And I think part of that too is, I mean, why that's even possible is because we have a separation of leadership. Um, you, you can't have two captains. You can't have two people in, at the top. I mean, and, and you, you act as CEO for our company. Um, we still both are decision makers, but at the same time, there has to be somebody at the top that makes those, those calls, you know, and um, that helps lead the ship. If otherwise, you're sitting there, it just doesn't work. You can't have, right. you know, right. and maybe that's why the Beatles broke up. I don't know. Well, let me ask you this. Um, do you think it is easier for us to manage the business together because we're married and run a household together and have raised four kids together or harder or both? Um, I would probably say both. I mean, it's easier because we have a relationship and and we're committed to that relationship both on both sides, right? And so you know that you have to figure those things out. There is no escape clause. I mean, I'm sure there is, but that, not for us. So we've established that early on. Um, and for others, I think it's easy to let one bad thing turn into an end of end of situation, you know? Um, so that, that part I think makes it easier. The harder part is that there's no escaping it. it you, you know, you take it home, you, it's always with you. There's no, you know, it, it bleeds into your conversations. I mean, uh, everywhere. I mean, you know, right. cause you never turn this stuff off, you know? Never, never. Um, is it good or bad that our kids are now branding experts too? <laughs> Not by choice, just by attending family dinner for enough years. Yeah, absolutely. I'm sorry, so, I read a text from one of your offspring right now. Let me guess. Is it the oldest? Number one. No, she only talks to you. This is my um my, my number three. Oh, your favorite. She was hungry. And working, I said uh, the oldest is not a girl. Why'd you use she? The oldest is a boy. Number one's a boy. 
Oh, I was thinking of Joe for some reason. Yeah. Uh, yeah, she's not number one. She's number two. I know. I, I know they never listen to these, but if they did, they would hate. Oh, they'd be, they'd be so pissed. They'd be so pissed. You know what I bet people who are listening right now want to know is when's the second book coming out, Michael? Now that we have you on the record and it's being recorded, what would you answer to that? I um I did go back in and I just start editing final edits on it and then I got really busy. So I'm hoping that um I get another break soon because um it's kind of all written. I just need to go in and, and tweak some things and do some organiz- organization of the edits. Okay. All right. I would like that. So should we put a date on it? Because I think you work well off a deadline. <sighs> do I? Yeah, do I really? you do. You do. <laughs> you do. You do. Um, soon. Next topic. <laughs> Oh, that's awesome. Um, so what would you change? If you could change something about our business, what would it be? Um, really, I, I can't say I would change anything. I mean, it's because um, it's all worked out. I mean, we, we you know, we've, we've overcome obstacles. We've, we've dealt with challenges. Um, uh, we've, like I said, it, it, I'm very pleased with all how all that worked out. So I don't know if there's anything I would change per se. Okay. Would you? I wish, um, no, there's nothing I would change, change. Um, I do lately have been thinking, man, I wish I'd figured all this stuff out about 10 or 12 years ago. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's, I mean, think of, I love always reference because I don't read a lot, but the one book I've read that kind of changed the way I look at life is, um, Malcolm McDowell's, I hope I'm saying his name right. Um, you're not, well, how do I say it? Well, Malcolm McDowell's an actor okay. um, who was in a clockwork orange. All right. It's a, you mean Malcolm, Malcolm Gladwell. Gladwell. Thank you. There you thank go. You, thank you. And you're going to say Outliers. Outliers. And I hate to admit it, but I didn't even read it. Um, I was on a baseball trip with my son and we, we we had a book on tape or something and we listened to it and he narrated it, which was awesome, by the way. He has a great voice. He does. But, um, but the book was fascinating. He talks about the thousand hour, I think it is, 10,000 hour. 10,000 hours, yes. Yeah, becoming an expert. And there was a time that I remember it happening. It was a couple of years back, but where... I was always, and I, I guess everybody, I still have that in my head. It's like, somebody's going to figure out, I don't know what I'm talking about. We're going to be exposed as frauds, you know? But <laughs> there was a time where, when I was saying something in a room and all of a sudden I realized that was my thoughts. I said that, and it was me. It was my perspective. I had become an expert on what I was doing. And that's kind of a egotistical thing to say, but, but it's true. You know, and there was a moment where I realized that if I'm talking about something with branding or with design or something like that, I was coming from a sense of knowledge that I didn't have before. And it was because I had spent that time. I had grinded out with those clients. I had learned all these things, running a business, all these things. Now I feel like when I say something, I'm speaking from an authoritative standpoint, you know, like it matters. And I don't know when that happened for you. It may have always been because you're Jackie Russo and you know everything, but for me, it came at a time where it was like, okay, wow, I actually know what I'm talking about. So like when we wrote the book, you know, it, it made a lot of sense to write about things that I was, it's coming from my perspective. Yes, it was other people's thoughts that I pulled in and I had borrowed from over time that I'd learned from, but I had been able to process all that and put it out in a, in a way that was my genuine look on life and, and as far as advertising goes. Right. Right. No, um, I a hundred percent agree. And when I say, you know, I wish I knew then what I know now, I, I appreciate that that's a cliche because so many people think that way and see that. I just really feel like we've so hit our stride these past couple of years. We so have figured some things out. Uh, we have this rapid growth. And I know that wouldn't have even been possible 12 years ago because everybody wasn't on Zoom. And so the technology wasn't there to support us having remote clients the way we do right now. 
I appreciate that we didn't have the talent in the building um, that we do now then. So I get it. I just think, oh, man, I wish I didn't have 12 le- years left in my career. I wish I still had 25 years left in my career because I think there's so much more to do and there's not enough time. That's what I think. Yeah. And I mean, and for us, it's, I mean, we've always had the same driving driving factor. I mean, I remember day one, we went into our office above the door entryway, we put the word results in big letters. Mm-hmm. And that was our calling card at the time. It was like, let's go do results for people. You know, we didn't want to enter contests. We don't want about awards. It wasn't about all that. It was about really doing good for our clients. And it's still to that day. I mean, um, we're, we're very fortunate to have many um, retainer clients that are with us for years now. And um, we continually work with them. And every day the goal is the same. And I try to preach that to our team as well. It's like, it doesn't matter this or that internal. It's like, are we doing our job? You know, are we making their lives easier? Are we helping them do what they want to get done? Whether it's communicating something, selling something, branding something, getting them more attention, whatever it may be, whatever we have to do to get there. Um, I mean, we've changed so much. I mean, we used to do a lot of, I mean, we don't even, we got rid of our, um, our print folder collection thing, a big giant metal thing that kept all of our print samples we don't even have that anymore. It's all digital. It's all online. We've had to trans, you know, form how we do things to meet those needs and staying ahead of that curve has been really why we're still here. Yeah, no. And I, uh, I think continuing to grow and learn is why we will continue to be here. And that's why professional development is so important. And that's why reinvesting back in our team and in our growth and in our space is so important. And, you know, kudos to us, because I think we've done a lot of those things really well. And what would you recommend, Jackie, to anyone else out there that is having the same challenges? Well, I I don't know a company that's not having these same challenges. I think everybody's having challenges with adapting to the new world order, to work from home, to finding work-life balance. Um, And I think all that transcends branding and marketing and advertising, and it's about the core of who you are. So, you know, I think it's about professional development. To me, everything starts with that. How are you continuing to learn and improve and grow your craft and your trade so that you can continue to be better um, than you were the day before? Uh, So what would I recommend? I'd recommend um, lining up professional development. I'd recommend sending your CEO to do a CEO roundtable and peer-to-peer learning, um, to taking advantage of the uh, Goldman Sachs 10,000 small business, to making sure you attend conferences, that you bring in professional coaches, that you read, 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 and read some more, that you attend webinars, and that you carve out time. Everybody's too busy. Um, But if you make the learning a priority, then you learn how to do things faster and smarter, and it doesn't take as much time. Good words. Thank you. Michael, what would you recommend? Um, What you said. (laughs) Ditto. Yeah, I mean, no, I mean, it, it's 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 a challenge. I mean, um, and, and we see the challenges that, that are going on with everyone. Um, you know, like, I mean, as a branding agency, we talk a lot about, you know, emotional connection. I mean, uh, you know, with products, with services, with companies on a B2B level, which is really hard for B2B companies to even understand. They're like, you know, well, that, no, that's business to consumer, that's B2C. And it's like, no, how do we bring a B2C voice to a B2B world, you know? And part of that challenge in itself is opening your mind up to new opportunities and new ways of doing things, you know, just because it's been done the same way over and over again, just because, you know, that's what you know, doesn't mean it's right. You know, you have to be able to open the door to those things. I think that's part of it. 
is, I mean, myself included, because I'm, I am, I like having people in the room. I like being able to go talk to them and having meetings without having to get on a Zoom call. But that's not the world we live in. So I've had to adjust to those things. And if you're not willing to adjust to that, it, it ends up being a problem. I mean, think about all the assessments we do. A good portion of those assessments are spent talking about internal culture and talking about those things. Because if if there's a problem internally, it's going to affect the external perceptions of your brand. It's going to happen, no matter what you think or know. Somehow, chinking that armor is going to be visible eventually. You know, right, right. No, one hundred percent. It all comes out in the wash for sure, for sure. Um, well, I'm impressed with us in 46 minutes, we've been able to go through the entire list of things that people um, suggested for us and recommended that we talk about. And so um, check. Nice. We'll have, um, I think we have, a, we have a bunch of your guests lined up in the next uh, few months. So that should be exciting. It is going to be exciting. I am enjoying this format. I'm glad we're doing it together. I think that um, the different guests that we've been able to talk to has been um illuminating. I learn every time. And so to me, that's just a priority, you know, as long as we're learning, then it's worth the time and effort we're putting into it. Yeah. I don't know if you, by this, this is like my, my true test. Like if anybody's still listening at the end, cause I think I, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a notorious start podcaster. Like if I look at my uh, Spotify list, my little green mark only goes about halfway or three quarters and I barely get to the end. Um, so, you know, I'm, I'm curious if anybody is still out there, if you are, shoot us a message, let me know. <laughs> Just, just give me a lifeline. Say, hey, I'm listening. <laughs> oh, I hope better. your email gets inundated. I mean, you know, when I look at the tens of thousands of people that have listened to this thing, um, you know, somebody's got to be sticking all the way to the end. Yeah, like a long drive, maybe. If they're, you maybe. Know, they're up at night, yeah. can't sleep. Could be. Yeah. Could be for sure. Could all be. Right. Well, good. Well, thank you for your time, Jackie. I appreciate it. Thank you for your time, Michael. And thank you to all of our listeners. We appreciate you joining us and going on this journey with us and sticking around to the end, hopefully. And, um, you know, share with your friends. Tell the others. <laughs>